Today's video is all about the coronavirus. Everybody's talking about it, but what do we do? How do we make sure we move forward confidently when it comes to our finances, given such a concerning topic that is playing out? Well, if that interests you, then stay tuned and carry on watching. Hi, my name is James Corsier and welcome to the Money Paradox podcast. Today, yes, we're going through a very hotly debated topic at the moment, and that is the coronavirus. Today, what I'm gonna to hope to do is go through exactly how do we manage this really confusing area when it comes to our finances. Do we sell it all? Do we buy while everything's down? Or do we just carry on as usual? What do we do? Well, that is what we're gonna be talking about today. But before I do, guys, if you enjoy my content, please do give it a like, share it to those that you think would find this powerful as well, and subscribe to carry on hearing uh, these this content every week. I'm on all of the major platforms, so however you like to digest it, I give it to you. All right, so first thing, what I'm gonna do is I wanna give you kind of my thoughts on the coronavirus and how it kind of impacts the market, the economy, and so on. And then what we can do is we can go into then how do we then adapt or manage our investments, our finances and so on, given this is all playing out. So firstly is my view, and this is just my view bearing in mind, right? The coronavirus, hell, nobody knows exactly what is going to happen, right? But people have got ideas. And from all that I've looked at, my view in this area is that yes it is very contagious and because it's very contagious it is likely that it will turn into a global epidemic most countries will get it in fact a lot of countries already have managed to get cases of coronavirus and so what it's going to do is it's definitely going to certainly spread uh, in a pretty strong way next thing though is well you know, what's the impact of it spreading? Well, the likelihood of dying from it is fairly low, right? It's about 3%, it depends on who you ask, but it is fairly low. Now, that is higher than the kinds of, you know, strains of influenza we get each year, right? Which is, I think, something like half a percent. It's definitely higher. So it is serious, right? And you want to bear it in mind. But the people who tend to die from it are people who are very vulnerable older people, people are already ill, you know, and something like this could be something that could kind of take them from being critical to potentially dying, right? So very serious. The reality is the majority of people aren't going to die from it. Now that's not to belittle it. And if you've got family, loved ones that are vulnerable, that have higher risk of getting ill and getting serious reactions from getting ill, then you absolutely want to take care of them and look after them make sure they are in a good situation while all of this is going on, right? Give them your love and protection. And, but, but when it comes to really the impact fundamentally on the economy from, from ha like all these people getting really ill and dying and so on, it's extremely unlikely that's gonna happen. The reality is that the majority of the impact on the economy and the market is gonna come from people's reaction to it, right? Because if you think about it, the main things that are happening in reaction to this 
is that people are trying to get everybody to not hang out with each other, right? So many businesses are shutting down, many people are working from home, people are avoiding doing certain things like traveling, going on holidays, and all of that is hugely hurting the economy and the businesses that are directly related to that. So for example, travel companies, right? If you look at Ryanair, EasyJet, for example, these companies have already had massive hits in their stock market. Unsurprising because many people are now not wanting to travel, right? They want to stay at home. They want to like not do anything unless they can really help it. Also, insurance companies, right? A lot of claims are being made because of uh, because of this spread of the infection. And so insurance companies that have insured people against these things are going to be hit very hard, especially certain ones, right? So again, certain companies are being hit hard. Now, the main impact as well will vary country to country, and it depends on how well a country reacts to it, how well the people listen to what the government are telling them in terms of taking precautions and minimizing the spread, how much money and how much wealth these economies have to deal with it, right? So more developed countries are gonna to tend to do better because they have the infrastructure, the money, spare to be able to support it. And they tend to, a lot, you know, some countries listen <laughs> to their politicians and their government more than say other countries, right? So each country is gonna vary in terms of its impact and also the companies say uh, in terms of their impact on their revenues and the values of those companies are going to vary hugely depending on how they operate relative to how the economy is changing at the time right so travel companies insurance companies and so on are going to be hit particularly hard other companies for example might do well so companies that are uh, are doing research into trying to support it, say on vaccines and so on, may well do really well out of the coronavirus. Other companies that, for example, leverage the change in behavior. So for example, Zoom, the, the organization that provides infrastructure to do video conferencing, right, at home. So businesses are obviously going to leverage that type of communication more, right? So those companies are gonna do better, right? So if you're looking to invest on specific changes as a result of the coronavirus, that, are the, that is the kind of things you wanna be thinking about. But a big caveat, you've gotta bear in mind there are people out there that full time, day in, day out, are doing this type of work, right? They're researching every little thing, they're specializing in specific areas, right? So you've always got to think, do I know more than these people, right? Do I have an edge that other people don't? Because if you, if you don't have, if you're not in that situation, you've got to then think, well, how can I really beat the market, so to speak, right? Many of these people that focus on this as a full-time job, often, in fact, usually do not beat the market. There have been many studies on this and I've talked about it on many of my other podcasts. But when you look at the returns on people actively managing funds compared to just the market itself, they tend to, on average, the majority of them do worse than the market itself. 
So when you're looking at specific investment choices in reaction to something in the coronavirus, be very careful and only do it unless you've got a very strong confidence that you think that that will improve. But secondly, that you're not putting too much of your overall funds or overall uh, wealth into these choices, right? Because then you're not too reliant on the changes of those, okay? Because you've also got to think, even if you think, say for example, Ryanair, because of the fact that coronavirus has hit, you think it's going to do worse over the next kind of year, two years as a result of the coronavirus, right? That doesn't necessarily mean that the value of their stock is going to go down. Because as soon as something happens, even if the whole full implications hasn't happened, it often gets priced in straight away into the value of some shares, right? And the reason for that is because the full expectations are not just now, but the full future gets priced into the valley today. And that's why it was some time ago when Ryanair, EasyJet and so on, the values of them actually dropped considerably, okay? So what you're thinking about, if you're thinking about doing these kinds of approaches, is you've got to think, do I, do I believe that it's going to be worse or better than what the market believes generally about now and the future compared to that, right? So think about what the market believes generally about now and the future. And then think, do I think something different? Do I think it's gonna be worse or better in relation to that? And then only invest in those circumstances. All right, great. So generally speaking, I think the economy will uh, will worsen as a result of this. It will vary country to country, but it'll be like a U or a V shape, right? It will worsen while this is going on. There'll be an overreaction because the media are gonna go crazy about it. This is like media heaven, okay? Not because it's all, it's all bad, but because, because there's so much to talk about, to write about and so on, to present on this area, right? So I think it will be over-exaggerated and then people will emotionally overreact. They'll overreact when, they tend, when it comes to investing, right? So you'll get a big drop but then when things settle and then we return after this epidemic, then revenues and so on will improve again and we'll return back to the status quo uh, pretty quickly as well. I don't think we're gonna have a long-standing implication to this. But big caveat here, I think that in reality will happen, but, and this is a big but, since the beginning of 2008 when we had a huge crash that was the marking of the end of a long-term debt cycle now don't worry if you don't fully understand that i explain it in more detail in my other videos but essentially we had a huge drop in the value of assets and a crashing in terms of the amount of available credit and so on right interest rates have plummeted and have stayed very low since now because of that there have been some quite unusual circumstances going on at the moment. And I think these are building up pressure. And I think a big crash is likely to happen over the next couple of years. So it may happen in reaction to what's going on in the coronavirus. It may not. Okay, I think unlikely, but there is a risk it will because of these pressures going on behind the scenes. 
and the pressures that are going on right now are one. You've got a widening wealth gap. So since 2008, the market has been uh, improving. Okay, The economy has been improving for the last 12 years. But the reality is all of that benefit has gone into the richest people. The bottom kind of two thirds haven't really had much improvement from all of this increase from the economy right so as a result the gap between the wealthiest and the poorest people have widened and this isn't just like the few very poor people this is the majority of people two-thirds there's a lot of that there's a lot of built-up kind of resentment anger frustration and so people are a lot more reactionary people are a lot more populist in their views right and we're seeing this in politics two Credit is very, sorry, interest rates are very low, which means that if we go into a recession and the economy is really struggling in reaction to this, there's not much way to go, right? In the UK, we're talking 0.75% Bank of England rate. In the US, it's not very high, it's below 2%. Uh, the US just recently reduced their interest, their bank, um, their Fed interest rate. And as a result of that, the, you can't really push it down that much further, right? So if you go into a really difficult position, you can't stimulate the economy so easily, right? Not much is going to happen. There's not much not, not much room to push. So if we do go into a negative situation in the economy, there's not much that, that governments can do to rescue us out of that situation. If that happens, then we we'll, could quite easily escalate into a really, really, really difficult, quite a long negative situation and and governments may be fairly powerless to resolve that, right? So big danger there, okay? Another key area that's going on is we're having a vying for the next superpower. So at the moment, US is clearly uh, number one, but China is absolutely pushing to take that place. We had the trade wars going on between those two powers and there were concerns at some points whether that was going to escalate into much, much, uh, a much stronger fight. And, a, and if that happens, then that has huge consequences on the global economy, right? If both of these massive powers within the global space are hurting each other to try and fight off trade, and um, that then impacts their economies and therefore impacts economies around the world because we're so tightly linked to these big powers right that's why in 2008 when the US went into a negative situation a lot of their assets dropped that had a massive impact on other countries like the UK and elsewhere all right so could this start off something huge yes but not necessarily and unlikely but it absolutely could so in reaction to that okay a lot of people are thinking, wow, look at the stock market. It's dropped so much. Why don't we invest now? Everything's a bargain, right? Well, maybe. It depends. So if it drops drops uh, by 10%, right, and it's going to go straight back up, yeah, absolutely, it makes sense to invest. But how do you know, right? If the reality is everybody kind of knew it was going to go straight back up, people have already invested and it would have gone straight back up, right? It's priced at its current price for a reason, because the market believes that's what it is worth right now. 
based on what everything is going on at the moment, right? So always bear that in mind. So, I mean, there was a big, big statistic that came out recently, right? And that was that in the US stock market, it was the quickest correction in history. Now that is huge. So since, since stock markets were ever tracked, okay? That is a very long time. We've never had a situation where we've had a correction in the stock market quicker than we had done recently. That is massive. Now, a correction, for those that don't know, correction is a drop in more than 10%. It took just six days, right? Actually, it, um, from peak to trough, it's even higher than that. I think oh, it, the maximum was kind of around 15%, but it's been going back up, back down. There's a lot of volatility at the moment in the stock market, but also other areas. Oil prices have gone hugely down because of lack of demand, but safe havens, right, where people want to go when they're when they're worried, like bonds, government bonds, gold, have gone up quite considerably, right. So everything is moving, changing in big amounts, right. So it's very tempting when we're going when we've got a situation like this. Things are moving up and down a lot to get scared, to get worried, to make rash decisions when we invest. And that is definitely not what we want to do. So my big piece of advice to you is chill, stay cool, all right? And if we're going to make any changes to our investments, you want to really do it in a measured way and nothing too extreme, all right? So the default should be to not change anything. And your investment approach should be in such a way that it doesn't need to suddenly change. And if you feel it does, then I'd question what your investment approach is at the moment. If you've got no investment approach, then nothing to worry about, right? It's all opportunity right now. But if you do and you're suddenly getting extremely nervous as a result of what's going on at the moment, then you've got to ask yourself, why are you so nervous? Is it because you weren't super confident in what you invested in the first place? You didn't really understand was it because you put everything in one area and you've massively over leveraged and, and so the value of what your investments are have massively changed? Okay, again, a big question mark around that. Think about why you're feeling those. Is it a kind of emotional reaction because everything, um, everything is, is feeling very chaotic and, and worrisome right now? Or is it something under, underpinning how you're investing? So that's my general approach. Now, let me come on to some specific areas that I advocate and how what's going on at the moment could impact these. So the first thing is I'm a big proponent of portfolio investing. And portfolio investing just simply means you're investing in a number of different things in a specific ratio that collectively diversifies yourself, hedges yourself. Now, these are all kind of big, complicated financial words, but it basically means you invest in a number of things in a certain ratio so that overall, over the long term, it will reliably do well without being too kind of volatile, without going up or down too much in any one period, okay? So a good example would be the Ray Dalio all weather, all weather portfolio. I've done a video on that. If you want to go check it out, you can check it out online. 
I've also um, uh, talked about different portfolio approaches and resources you can do. So go check out my other videos on that. But specifically, okay, the whole point of an approach like that is that when something like the coronavirus happens, right, even if one thing goes down, you've got other things that should be going up. So overall, you shouldn't be hurt. So taking the Ray Dalio weather portfolio approach, yes, the stock markets have dropped quite considerably recently. So that would have gone down. But long-term bonds gone up a huge amount recently. Gold has gone up a huge amount recently. So although one area of, you, of your investment has gone down, other areas you invested have gone up, right? So overall, you shouldn't be hurt. In fact, you could well be up, right, overall. So that's the key point. When things like that they, like happen right now, that is when a diversified approach, investing in a number of different things at the same time in a considered way, massively helps you. Yes, you may not get crazy high returns and just investing in one really risky thing, but it means you can weather scares like what's going on at the moment and you can sleep well at night. When those people are there with, um, you know, hugely invested in areas that have gone down a lot, maybe like the stock market and getting sleepless nights, worried, should I sell, should I buy, right? You can just chill out and know that what I'm investing in works regardless of what's going on, yeah? Next thing is the stock market, right? So it's gone down, you know, 10, 15%. What do I do? Do I invest more because it's cheaper? Do I get out of there? Because this marks the start of a really, um, you know, of, of, a, of a really big decline in the stock market. What do I do? What do I do? Well, who knows, right? We don't know. It could just go back up from now. It could start into a 50% drop, right, in the start of a big recession and depression in the economy, we don't know, right? I personally don't think that will happen, but there is definitely a risk, right? So if you've got everything invested in there and you wanna kind of retire in the next few years and want access to that money, then that doesn't sound like a great idea, does it? But the stock market in the long, long term, I'm talking kind of 10 years plus, 20 years, right? Is generally the best returning asset group. Historically, it's produced kind of 10, 12%, sorry, <laughs> kind of more like 12 to 14% returns on an annual basis. Some years it drops a loads, other years it goes up huge amounts, but it's a very roller coaster rise. If you don't want to handle the psychology around that and the stress of that, or you want to be able to access your money in the next few years, then that is not a good idea. So for me, I'm a big proponent of early retirement, early financial freedom, and if that is what you want, then putting all of your money in an area that could drop by that much in such a short period of time feels dangerous to me, but I'll leave that one up to you. Next one is the property market. Well, that's an interesting one. I personally don't think the property market, certainly in the UK, is gonna get hit that hard. It depends how bad this coronavirus is. But if you think about it, everybody still needs to live, right? It's not going to change that, right? Coronavirus isn't going to suddenly wipe out half the population, which it's not the plague, <laughs> at least I don't think it is. So it's not going to really fundamentally change the demand for property, right, in terms of needing to live in there, right? You know, yes, people might, you know, worry and not invest as much and stuff, but I personally don't think that's going to be a big thing. In fact, actually, people are probably going to want to move into property because it's considered a safe haven. When the, when the stock market's all over the price, right, 
property is very forgiving. It takes a long time to change. And because of something like this going on, there's a big pressure to reduce interest rates even further. And when that happens, it means credit is cheaper, mortgage, mortgages are cheaper, and actually property, being able to borrow money against a property, becomes more attractive and the returns become better, right? So I actually think property is still gonna do really well over the next few years. We're set uh, because of where we are in the cycle. We're at the start of a big property boom over the kind of next five to seven years. So I think really, I don't see that changing anymore. You know, this is an area I definitely invest in at the moment. Uh, and so I'm still very much sticking to my guns. Like, yes, I'm going to stay kind of attuned to what's going on and, and, and see how it is affecting things. But really, overall, my view of the property market is still a very positive one. Right, finally, you know, I talked about this earlier, but there is this opportunity to look at specific companies or particular assets that you believe are going to change as a result of the coronavirus. So you've got companies that specifically are impacted by it in a negative way, like travel companies, EasyJet, Ryanair, okay, um, holiday companies, those kinds of things, they're probably going to get hit particularly bad. Right? So you so you may want to stay away from them because of it. You may want to invest in them because you think the reaction to their values have been over-egged. Over, right? But that is an area that I would encourage you to look at if you're looking for opportunities. But be careful. You've got to be confident. Don't overestimate. Invest all your money in one of these areas and um, make sure you're confident that you have a view that is different to the market because that is how you will benefit. Other two areas are, you know, safe havens like gold, Bitcoin, for example, bonds. These areas tend to do well when people are nervous and they have already gone up a considerable amount. Me personally, I'm not going to fundamentally change how I'm investing in each of these areas. It hasn't gone down enough for me to see it as an opportunity. And the safe havens have already gone up a huge amount. So you know, for me to invest in those feels like I'm already investing in uh, an, an already increased value product. Okay, so I don't see much, you know, a huge, much more kind of upwind in those areas. But what I would do is if I see certain assets really drop by a huge amount, like the stock market, you know, if I'm seeing kind of 30%, 40% plus drop in the stock market because of what's going on, then I definitely will be looking in a serious way to, to potentially invest because in the long, long term, the stock market has consistently done exceptionally well and better than the majority of other asset groups. So, you know, if I'm buying something 30% cheaper than it was very, um, than it was not that long ago, then for me in the long, long term, you know, that's a no-brainer. It's always going to go back up. It might take a little while. It might take a long time. But I know, I well, I'm not, I know I have a strong confidence that will happen. So that's my view. I hope you found this video helpful and kind of giving you a bit more clarity in terms of what the, what the coronavirus is, how it's likely to impact the economy, the market, your situation, and then how best to react to that in a financial way, right? in terms of the investments already, in terms of investment opportunities. 
Guys, if you found this helpful, please do like it, share it with others that you think would benefit from it. If you've got some comments, some questions coming off the back of it, if you agree with what I said, please let me know. If you don't, let me know. I wanna, I wanna hear how you don't agree or agree so we can pick up a conversation in the comments thread. Guys, I've really enjoyed doing this video. I hope you enjoy watching it. Take care and I'll see you next week. Bye-bye.